What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Get the Bag podcast. I'm your host, Claudia Castro. Got my co-host, Tim Park. This yo, is episode yo. five, episode five, fifth episode of the year. Uh, really excited for this one, um, especially for many of you guys who, you know, getting started into real estate wholesaling uh, and, you know, haven't closed your first deal yet. We're kind of going to break down the secret. Uh, people always over overcomplicate things. So we're going to keep things really, really simple um, right. so you can take action. Uh, but before we get into that, of course, subscribe, follow us, uh, like this video, always helps with the algorithm. Um, but we want to get as many uh, people on here so we can help as many people. Um, and uh, feel free to reach out to us on IG. You got our handles down here. You got Tim's over there. Um, yeah, this is going to be a really great episode. We're going to talk about the secret to closing your first deal or getting your first deal this what, what that's it. what the secret is um the secret sauce the secret sauce that you know some people you know starting to talk about but i think um what you typically see now is people's mentioning um well you got to do this it's like a steps right which mm -hmm. you know for the most part that is the case uh, but we can simplify the process because everybody breaks down like, okay, get a list, um, skip trace it, do this, then, to, you know, to actually do it by themselves, which you do right. want to understand the process. But I believe um, working with other people helps kind of teach you the process and gets you to learn things a lot quicker. So uh, we're, we're going to be breaking down what that secret sauce is. And you, you guys may probably get the hint by the time we start breaking things down. But we are going to break down some steps uh, as well. Because like anything, I think, again, people overcomplicate things. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, we can also kind of talk about how we got our first deal too. Like what, what that process looked like. Because I think um, although we were part of a course, I think we overcomplicated it for, for ourselves a little bit. And like right. overthinking it and uh, not knowing what we were doing. Uh, mm -hmm. I was like freaking out, um, you know, uh, just anxiety written. So, um, Tim, why don't you break us down into like what what that looked like? What, you know, um, the, your first deal? If, and if anything, would you have done anything differently? Yeah. Um, my first deal, I think, was, was a huge learning experience for me. Um, you know, I didn't, you know, you, you joined the course and you, you learn all this stuff and you don't, you're not sure. I mean, you trust, uh, the knowledge or you trust information and you start doing it and you starting to see some results and you start to have some confidence. And then, you know, when you get your first deal locked up, it's like, a mad rush and then it's like what do you do next you know so right. um that was my experience and um you know the first thing i did was you know kind of just negotiated with the seller on um the price and 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 they were good with that the problem was there was a tenant in there issues um like mental issues so that was a mm. big big thing i think we're losing you there tim um 
but you know, at the end of the day, you know, you're kind of solving problems, right? Um, so kind of jumping into it, because I think um, after you joined the U, um, it was probably a couple couple months or maybe a month into it where you um, kind of got this lead and were able to get it under contract. Yeah. Um, when I first started calling on it, um, it was, I think, you know, I kind of started ta uh, calling in October. I locked it up right at December. Mm. Um, and then I didn't close until like March because of the tenant. And right. that was, yeah. So that was the main thing we had to give the tenant time to move out. And I had to figure out and help the seller how to get the tenant out too. So, um, right. You know, a lot of my process was, is uh, what do I do next? Because I didn't really know what to do after I locked it up because I hadn't gone through all the course yet. I just right. midway through the course, I was just making phone calls and learning how to talk to sellers at that point. Right. And that's a, I think that's a great way to break things down, because um, I think I've talked about this before in, in our group is people sometimes you can get caught up in analysis paralysis or use that as an excuse of like, Oh, I, I'm not done with the course yet. I'm not. And then you just never complete the course because it's always like, well, I can't take that step because I haven't completed this. Um, you know, take taking incremental steps. So you kind of focus on the first step or, you know, the acquisitions and first mm -hmm. um, on like, okay, how do I talk to sellers? How do I do this and that? And then once you got locked up, you're like, okay, it's, it's getting real. And you're kind of like failing forward, right? Like figuring right. things out as you go. And uh, although it's a little bit stressful, um, that's where you can kind of use the community and obviously going back to the course to like ask mm -hmm. your questions and, um, you know, just seeing what, what you do next. So uh, what, what, you know, and, and also kind of focusing on solving the problem. Right. Um, there's always going to be a problem in most, it, like any transaction you do, everyone has some form of a problem that want that they want to sell it cash or quick. Um, and so that's kind of, I, I feel like that's uh, undervalued with what wholesalers bring to the real estate um, ecosystem, right? Is mm -hmm. not every realtor wants to deal with that. Right. It, it doesn't right. make sense maybe on their end, especially to list something like that. So you need somebody that's kind of the middle person and uh, you have on the buyer's end, too. It's like I don't have time to call these people like, mm -hmm. you know, um, so wholesalers are such a key component to the ecosystem um, that when, once you start focusing on and I think we've had other guests on here that's uh, mentioned it, like once you start focusing on solving the problems first, the money always comes along the way. So. You were able to solve um, or obviously figure out a problem. You had to go back to the course. Um, talk to us about like, okay, you have it locked up. Talk about this mm -hmm. title process or the dispo side. Yeah, so the dispo side, um, you know, I followed basically the rule. You know, I posted it on Facebook and, and did that. But I also had some excess funds. So I actually purchased a buyer's list mm. from um, real estate uh, wealthnetwork.com mm. if you guys can go there you can buy a cash buyers list from there and honestly um, that's where I found my cash buyer uh, for that per particular deal and I've found almost all of my cash buyer from that list as well so um, just a, a gem there for you guys to definitely kind of if you can I pay it for for the full year on that and then um, I just start calling people in the area that have bought in 
in um, that zip code. And so um, I kind of look and see where we're at. I, I had it overpriced too. And this is where you can learn how to uh, better comp because mm-hmm. you can do your range of comps um, as is comps, you know, with prop stream or whatever um, tool you're using. But um, I had it overpriced and my buyer wanted it under a certain amount. So let's say hundred under 200,000, but I got it locked up low enough that I could um, get it under 200,000 and still make a spread on it. So, right. which was good because I had comped it right uh, from, you know, getting it under contract, but I didn't, <clears throat> excuse me. I didn't um, advertise it. I ever right. I didn't mm-hmm. advertise it right. So I um, had it too high. So that's right. when you can go back to your seller or buyers. And I usually say, what's the number that works for you? Because sometimes mm-hmm. the buyers will just say, no, we'll pass on this. Right. And then right. I always ask the question. My immediate response is, are we too far on price? Or is there something else on there? So sometimes they respond, sometimes they don't. But they're not going to respond if you don't ask. Right. Right. You always want to get as much feedback. And that's one thing I've learned. It's like, hey, I don't care if I'm off. Just tell me where what's a consensus number that um, the buyers are coming at. You always just want to get feedback. And as you mm-hmm. gain more experience, you're, you'll kind of you know be able to comp better and price it better. Uh, mm-hmm. But you always want to that that's how you know it's like a deal as well is like, hey, am I getting feedback? Even if people are saying no but you're getting like, okay, we'd have to be here. And on average, that's what the buyers are coming in. That tells you, okay, I'm in a good position. Um, because one thing I've learned too, is you never just want to take the first buyer's uh, feedback and then, and then mm-hmm. say, okay, yes, you want to create a process there. And that takes time too, as you build more experience in like building a, a system. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, we're going to give it a week uh, after we take our pictures and, and list it on Facebook or whatever, whatever, um, dispo strategy you use and then i'm going to collect all the feedback and you you set that time in the description okay we're taking offers until this date and you Mm -hmm. want to stick to that because if you don't then like buyers will know like okay i can just come in here and say whatever so once you kind of set that um you know the deadline basically of like hey we have to be uh you have to come back with your offers by this price or by this time frame. Um, you know, that that's setting you up because then you're getting as much feedback within that time frame. Um, so if one buyer comes back, I mean, it, it is kind of exciting, especially if they come, you know, close, or, you know, above where, you know, you may get a, an assignment fee. Mm-hmm. So it can be really exciting. Uh, but again, you, you can't just focus on the money. It's all you have to focus on the process. So you're mm-hmm. like, OK, even if somebody comes back, be like, great, thank you so much for your submission. Uh, we have until this date, we're going to collect all that and then we'll get back to you. Um, that always helps a lot, but when you, yeah. when it's a really hot deal and you get a ton of feedback, that's always a good time, but it can be really, really overwhelming. So having a, a process is really important, um, when, when dispoing it out. And then another kind of gem too, is when you're dispoing, uh, and I think this is something we've learned from Chris is always put, um, or, or best, like, I think he does it where he does uh, the full, you know, the dispo price or best mm-hmm. offer. And then he does a buy it now price. Yeah. That's like, that hey, too. as yeah. is, uh, no inspection. If it like, you know, sometimes the pictures are enough. They don't mm-hmm. have to like send someone in to do that. Um, so, you know, 
fast forward for you, you were able to find your buyer at this, um, the real estate cash buyer feed, or I think it's, mm -hmm. it's what it's called. Uh, and you were able to close it out in March. It took several months, but you were able to, to close it out. Yeah. The other thing I wanted to, to uh, talk about too, was that after I did find the buyer, well, let's rewind before the buyer, I had gotten it into escrow, mm -hmm. um, first. So now, um, I'm at a point in my relationships with escrow and my buyers that I have everything assigned and then I send it to escrow before it was, I got it locked up, started escrow, not knowing I was going to have a buyer or not. And then, um, got the buyer assigned the contract or had an assignment fee signed and then sent it off to escrow too. Right. So that's, that's another thing. But, um, yeah, after, you know, after that, it was just, we had a, a last minute inspection after the tenant had moved out. And once, uh, that happened, he's, you know, he did a walkthrough and he's like, let's close tomorrow. So it was like, bam, bam, right after the tenant had, had left. Mm -hmm. So, but, um, I did find my other buyer through, that walkthrough because he brought his con sub or his contractor that was working on all the properties that he was renovating. Mm. And then after the inspection, the investor left and me and the contractor started talking and I just start talking about the neighborhood and what I'm doing. And he just said, Hey, do you mind me? Do you mind adding me to your buyer's list so you can send me some properties as well? And I said, yeah. And that's how I locked up my second deal was through that uh, investor or that uh, contractor. Yeah, exactly. It's just talking about it. Um, mm -hmm. Now, we're, guys, we are like kind of breaking down like our first deal, but um, I promise you we'll kind of go go deep into what, you know, the secret and like what you guys can do. Um because I, th I think it's important for you guys to kind of see like, Hey, we didn't have it all figured out. Yeah. You know, we didn't, we didn't know what we were doing. We're still part of a course. So we had the advantage of being able to ask the questions, but we didn't know what we we're doing. Um, as we we're talking <laughs> about it. I mean, the same for me too. Um, actually the lead, my first deal, I got under contract and closed. Uh, I got the lead my first day cold calling ever. Mm, wow. And, um, it was funny because we were kind of playing phone tag. I had gotten call tools, I think, and she had picked up. I think she had bad connection. So she was trying to call back and I didn't have my phone redirect set up correctly. Um, so she was just leaving like voicemails thinking like she was talking to me or something. So I finally got her on and um, she was a tired landlord lived or absentee tired landlord. So she lived in a whole other state in the East coast. I think she lived in South Carolina. Um, but this was a, um, a property in California and um, there was a tenant in there and the tenant has lived there forever. Um, and, uh, but they were in the, in the process of buying their own home and, mm. and moving out. Um, so I also had to deal with the tent situation, but it was a little bit more, you know, they were kind of, you know, had their stuff together and were again, ready to buy a, a home. Um, but I had also uh, locked it going with the nego negotiations. I went to see the property first because mm -hmm. I, you know, I didn't have the confidence to just, you know, close beforehand. And I, I didn't have all that communication. Uh, obviously now I, I, I kind of explained to the seller, Hey, you know, 
we usually get it under contract first and then we go out to see the property. Uh, but I went out to see the property and it, I was up against another person. I don't know if they were another wholesaler or actual buyer. Um, but I went there, you know, nice dress shirt and like introduced myself and uh, to the tenant and just really just try to put a good um, impression because the tenant I found out called the, the, the seller afterwards mm. saying like, Oh yeah, this is, uh, you know, I, I think I went by a fake name. I think I, Jennifer or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Jennifer, she seems really nice. Um, yada, yada, yada. Uh, and, um, I think the other people had offered her less. I was the only one that offered her more. I think I had offered like three, cause this is California, like three, three thirty right. or something like that. And, uh, or 340. No, no, no. I offered her 350, I think. Uh, and I really should have been ideally to get a good spread. I probably should have been like at 325 and I probably mm -hmm. would have been fine. Um, but again, I didn't have the confidence in breaking that down. So she accepted the 350 and I also did get it, uh, attempted to, um, submit it to, uh, the title company first, but Fortunately, the title company was like, wait, you don't have a buyer yet. Like, don't send it over. Like she, like mm -hmm. the, the escrow person told me, and I was like, oh, really? I, like, I was a little confused. I'm like, what do you mm -hmm. mean? Like, I'm supposed to do it, you know? Right. Um, so I was like, okay. So I did also did the same way, like listed it on Facebook. Um, I think also Craigslist as well. Yeah. Um, and so I really learned quickly, like determining who's a wholesaler, who's not, who's, who's scamming me. People right. just saying like, send me the address, send me the address. Um, and I just be like, no, could you, you know, send me a proof of funds, uh, which is also really important guys when you're displaying or ask for a recent 100%. HUD. Um, and uh, I came across this one, like some people were interested, but um, it wasn't until this one like bigger, they were sort of like a hedge fund, but they were like a real estate company that buys properties, uh, flips them and then puts them on their little, um, they have like a listings thing. Mm -hmm. Um, so I built a great relationship with the acquisitions person there. She was really, really sweet. Um, and she was like, I don't, you know, based off the pictures, we don't need to go to the property. Uh, but we'll right. have to be, uh, cause I think I had list, uh, my dispo price was like at three sixty or three, 360, I think. Um, and she was like, we'll have to be at 340. Um, mm. And so that was $10,000 less than what I had to lock that up, up at. So um, I had to, I was super nervous about renegotiating because my, um, the seller had a daughter who was like really involved and was like, why are you, you know, who are you? And, um, you know, I didn't know how to react to that. And uh, she's like, who's your, what's your company's name? And I didn't have an objection sheet. Um, so I remember going on the call and like asking Chris, I'm like, how do I handle this? And he was mm -hmm. just like, just, just be you, just be confident how you, you know, this is my company and you can even say I still work. Um, and so that's kind of how I went and all it was guys, I had to explain my process mm -hmm. and to say like, I knew what I was doing. So I explained like, you know, we're, you know, we buy properties, uh, you know, the first process is we, you know, we've already gone out and seen the property, uh, but we'll want to do an inspection um, and so this is what we did, or this is what we do. We'll get it under contract. We'll get it into escrow, um, start that process and then close within, you know, we'll work with the tenant and that was it. She was like, okay. Like, you know, it was, it was just like, we overthink things so much when we're going mm -hmm. through this process. So, um, I was able to get the price reduction. So that would give me like an eight, $8,000, 
assignment fee or 5,000. Cause I, I really did the most I reducted, uh, I redid the reduction a lot more than I should have. I was mm -hmm. like, yeah, I'll pay whatever remaining taxes you have. Right. Just, just to get her to say yes. And would I do that now? No, I would have done it things a little bit differently, but I was like, Hey, this is my first deal. I was determined. Yeah. Um, so the, I came, went back to the buyer and we were able to close. The only thing was like with the tenant situation, um, I was really nervous because I was like, what if they don't get qualified or, you know, what if they don't get accepted to buy this house? Um, mm -hmm. But they were able to work it out. I went and did the final inspection uh, just to confirm it was vacant um, and the rest is history. So that, yeah. that closed in, in November. So this was a lead that came in end of September. I got it locked up in October and then it closed the week of Thanksgiving. So um, guys, like it's really it, we that what the process we just explained to you is really complicated, especially yeah. when you're starting out, because we mm -hmm. if you know this something, we did it by ourselves. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, we learned a lot out of it. We kind of learned a lot about the process. But with that, the, 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 the secret sauce that you guys really want to know that we would have done things differently is I would have partnered with somebody out in our market who was maybe yeah. closing more deals or, um, or partner up with somebody who maybe is on the dispo side because we had all the data. Um, so the first kind of tip in terms of, uh, the secret sauce is just finding what, where you can add value for, to someone. So mm -hmm. are you really good at talking to buyers? Do, do you have a passion for that? I mean, not even passion, but is there an interest in like, I'd rather just go straight to the source and talk to buyers and then reverse engineer it, find somebody who has some leads and just let them know, hey, I have buyers in this area. Or are you more uh, concentrate on the acquisitions end? So you want to, um, you know, get the data, uh, market out to sellers, or again, if you're on a budget, drive from driving for dollars just find a value add that like you can contribute to somebody that's the biggest thing um because not everybody can do the kind of the same thing um so whether it's one or the other let's just say your acquisitions end you have the data or you're driving for dollars and you find um a really distressed house or whatever um find somebody who is in either in your market or if it's a virtual market um and see what, what they need. Like, Hey, do you have buyers? What areas is your, are your buyers buying? And I'll bring you leads. That's the quickest way for you to close your first deal is to yeah. just partner with somebody, um, who's experienced an experienced wholesaler. Now, if they're not in a community, like, you know, the U or anything like that, you do have to vet them out. So make sure, you know, you ask questions about their process. Um, you know, just, and then like seeing, maybe asking other people about them, Mm -hmm. um, to make what sure there's references. Done. Yeah. What deals they've done. Um, and also kind of understanding like the, what the JV process would be. Cause this is what's called junior, uh, joint venture JV right. where you're partnering up with somebody on the, for the deal. Um, and then once you kind of feel confident, you then, you know, find, find the leads. And then as you find the leads, you then go back to them. Like, Hey, I have this lead. They're at this price. Where, where do I need to be? Mm -hmm. And if it's a good deal, they'll be like, uh, yeah, try to get it at this price. And there's so much confidence when you're kind of working with someone too, right? Then, then you tr trying to figure it out on your own and trying to like figure out the comps because that's going to come. That, that takes time to really like understand it. But if somebody can be like, hey, Tim, if you can get it at 350, I mm -hmm. got somebody for it. Like imagine the yeah. confidence in how you deliver that offer. 
Absolutely. It's going to be it's going to be different. So then once you uh, go back to the seller, get it under contract, because I do recommend getting under contract yourself. But if you're too scared because you don't have an LLC, I understand maybe you may want to get it under contract with, you know, on the your partner's end. Um, but you can get it under contract under your name, mm-hmm. you know, especially for your first deal. Yeah. You know, but you, you know, we do recommend getting an LLC, but you can de- get it under your name just so you have contractual uh, rights to, to the property. Cause that, that kind of gives you leverage as well. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so then once you get under contract, you then connect with this person, you send them a JV agreement um, and there's a ton of JV agreements and they should probably have one. If they're experienced, they should send it over, you sign it. And then, you know, he ha- they have a buyer they assign it and then they turn it into escrow. Right. Now there's it's 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 a little bit simpler than, it's a little more complicated depending on the situation. There could be tenant situation of course. Mm-hmm. But in the really simplistic terms, that's what you can do to close your first deal. And yeah. some of it doesn't even have to be out of your own money. You can do a drive mm-hmm. for dollars like a deal machine uh, which is a, a, an application for specifically for driving for dollars where you can do it as you're driving or you can do a virtual driving for dollars where it's just right. through Google Maps. So, mm-hmm. guys, it's not that over complicated, especially for your first deal. Like imagine getting a five grand check, a two grand, ten grand mm-hmm. like that's that goes a long way. And if you imagine you add those up with 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 more. Like. Why not start there? I, that's that's one thing I would have done um, to get my first deal. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm grateful for my first deal, of course, but yeah, I, I could have closed a lot more had I done that. Yeah, and I think um, I just want to touch on this part, um, and then we'll kind of go into budgets and stuff too. But I just want to touch on um, the feeling of emotions that happen on your first deal because a lot of people don't talk about that a little bit Mm. and it's like when you first get your deal you're super excited it's almost like you're going to vegas like driving to vegas from california you get super (laughs) excited on your way trip and then you know it's longer than you think so it calms down and you know when we're going to get there type of thing it's the same way with your deal because you don't know what's going to really happen next in between you locking it up and closing date, right? Right. So um, if you're going to find a buyer and then you have to talk to the buyer and if the buyer wants it less, if you have to go back to talk to the seller to get it less, right? So there's a range of emotions that happen during this time and just understand it's part of the process, right? And I was panicked when I didn't, I got it locked up and I didn't know what to do next, so, right. you know, and then I had to ask the questions and then maybe I didn't get and don't take if you're partnering up with somebody, don't take their lack of response. Not in the couple seconds that you're wishing they would respond to that, them not working with you. Right. They have their they have other deals that they're working on too and you just have to realize that time as well too so just don't get overly panicked and you know I think uh, that's what happens when people when they first JV with somebody they don't know the process so if the person that they're JVing with with you kind of walks you through that process and what's to expect that will calm your nerves down a lot so 
Yeah. And that's how, you know, you're dealing with a professional as well as somebody that you're, they're kind of selling you on the process too. It's like, mm -hmm. okay, so what, what you do, um, is, you know, cause this is, this is why you should talk to them first, um, or get, have a conversation on like, okay, I'm, you know, come back with me with the price. I'll let you know where, what price point to be at, get it under contract. Um, I'll send you a JV agreement from there. I'll, you know, communicate with the buyer. Like, you know, it's just the same thing we do with the sellers. Um, mm -hmm. and I, I think you, uh, you touched upon something huge as well with the emotions is there's baby wins in every step of the transaction. Right. right? Um, so when you talk to a seller and they say they're interested, that's a baby win. When you, they accept their offer, when you get a verbal offer, that's a baby win. When you get it locked up, that's a baby win. When you, um, you know, find, find a buyer that says they're interested that's a baby win when you actually they give you an offer that works you, you know what i mean like uh, you want to mm -hmm. it, it is kind of there is a lot going on but enjoy those little wins within that yeah because that's those are all like something to be excited about but there's nothing like closing day when it's like you get from <laughs> escrow and it's like it's you're good um for me is also like why, why i mentioned it's a baby win is because when the buyer signs the assignment and puts the emd there's like a kind of a sigh of like, well, if anything goes wrong, at least I get the EMD, their EMD. Right. 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 Um, so it's kind of like, all right, I got it this far. You know, that the next step is whatever, whatever it is. So um, enjoy those little wins because, you know, every transaction isn't going to, isn't created equal. You're going to go through transactions that, you know, just don't work out and you have to cancel or you you know mm -hmm. you find out that maybe it's the tenant situation is worse so enjoy those little wins in the process but this is why you know we recommend partnering up with somebody is because you get to share that with someone and of course you know splitting it but wouldn't you want to do that wouldn't that save you time like a lot of us work jobs right why not just reach out to somebody who's closing deals or who is is established in their market um and say hey what do you need what can i do for you and, and I'll, I'll go find it. Tell me what zip codes, what around what right. price point are the zip codes, you know, and, um, you know, don't overcomplicate it. Like even if your budget, and I know that's something we talked about, um, whether you have no budget, whether your budget is a hundred, $300, mm -hmm. there's, uh, services that you can use. So I think I've included some links down below and we may add some more, but one of them is, um, you know, if your budget is like a hundred bucks, you can get, a marketing plex that's mm -hmm. 25 bucks a month. Uh, well, plus the numbers and plus the text messages, like maybe can go up to 50, 75, maybe a hundred bucks a month. You can just use that tool alone to manage your, your data, um, send text messages, make calls cause they have a single dialer. Um, so definitely check that out if that's something you're interested in. Um, you know, I always say eventually, like you should be able to manage your data. So a tool like REI Sift or Batch mm -hmm. Leads is a great tool yep. as well. Um, and then if you're really balling on the budget, you can only pick one service. I do recommend the Marketing Plex, but if, um, you know, driving for dollars, a deal machine, I think is like 50, 60 bucks a month. Um, but that's something you can use while you're driving. If you're always out and about or virtual um, uh, driving for dollars. So you can just yep. sit from your laptop and like find, uh, properties and add them to a list. 
uh, export it and, and plug that in into into your marketing. So there's no reason why you, you can't get a deal now in 2023, even with the market, whatever's happening right now, like just connect with somebody who's established, who's closing deals. Um, cause you can deal with zero cause we've seen people do it. Like mm -hmm. maybe their budget was 50 bucks or a hundred bucks or nothing. They just like, they're like, all my money's going into this group. I just need to figure something out and they, right. like you figure it out. So, um, you know, don't be scared to take that step. And there's something comforting about also knowing that you're partnering with somebody as well like you're not alone in this process mm -hmm. you can ask this person questions too and once you understand the process you can take that um and apply it to you know on your own end so right. um you know definitely something to to think about uh because that's honestly the best way um yeah yeah i think if you have no budget the the best way is going to be partnering up because then you if you don't have the budget to get a dialer or even the text messaging with marketing plex or anything like that the least can you could do is get a podio um that's totally free it's a crm system you can put all your leads in there um mm -hmm. and then what you can do is you partner up with somebody that has leads you call on their dialer and you start making calls and then you guys just make an arrangement on the split of what that's going to look like and then you just jv that deal so you can at least get on the phones with people and start talking to sellers and you know learning that process and getting offers out and then keeping track of you know these leads and who you need to follow up on podio so that's kind of that that would be the blueprint if you had no budget zero budget you know you joined a group and you really don't have any money to kind of get these extra tools that can help you Right. Yeah, exactly. That's why I kind of want to lay out different options because whether your budget is 300 a month, 100 or no budget, there's tools that you can use. I mean, driving for dollars, like you don't even need a deal machine. Mm -hmm. Like you can yep. just, I think Google Maps has an, uh, a feature where you can pin specific addresses. It's not as pretty as like a deal machine, uh, but that's free that you can also use to save properties that you come across. Cause if you're driving around, that's, I mean, that, that is gas. So nothing is technically free <laughs> ever, but right. um, in terms of like, uh, like managing subscriptions, like where it's, you know, you're not spending any extra money. This is the best way to do it. Yeah. A hundred percent. hundred percent. So we're, um, we're, 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 Oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Yeah, we're at the end of the segment, um, but I hope you guys got a lot of value out of this. Uh, something that we've learned, we kind of broke down our first deals and how you know crazy it was doing it on our own. Uh, we would have some things we've done differently is definitely partner up with somebody much sooner and utilizing mm -hmm. the network that we did have um, to work together. Um, we would have saved so much time and stress <laughs> from doing it, but right. you, know, we, you, you live and you learn, we learn from our experiences, but if you guys really are balling on the budget, like there's, there's so many resources you can, um, you utilize, especially if you're in a group or, you know, through Instagram, Twitter, whatever the case may be, reach out to people. That's the biggest thing is grow your network. And then the rest kind of, uh, put is put into place. So if you have any questions for us, feel free to, you know, uh, post a comment, uh, reach out to us on IG. You have our handles right here. Uh, we also have more information about us in the show notes. Uh, but next week should be another 
amazing episode. Really appreciate you guys who tuned in. Um, We're here for you guys, but you guys enjoy the rest of your day. Have a great weekend and we'll, we'll connect with you guys next week. All right, guys. See you later.